Time for Hal Anderson. Thank you very much, Tristan Field Jones. What was this birthday music for me? Is that what this is? Oh, Hal, happy birthday to you. Well, really nice of you guys to sing along. Thank you, Jeff Forche, and thank you, uh, Tristan Field Jones. I was trying there to kind of hum it, but I can't sing my own happy birthday. Come on. We were doing you a favor, Hal. Believe you me. Just by playing the song. Yeah. You're right. You were. Yeah. I, oh, I, by can't, the way, I can't sing. That's okay. I'm it's just. Terrible. I'm just. I'm <laughs> just terrible. I'm bugging you. By the way, I have to thank TFJ, Tristan Field-Jones, who was in on my wife's birthday surprise. When I got in this morning, my work area, well, you can go to my uh, Facebook or, or Twitter feeds if you want to see a picture of what she did, Hal Ander- at Hal Anderson on Twitter and Hal Anderson and Hal Anderson Productions on Facebook. So I come in this morning, well, I can't even start to describe, there's streamers and balloons and... Uh, food. Oh my gosh. All the food. I can't believe all that food sat there overnight and somebody did. Well, maybe somebody did eat some of the stuff. I don't know. Maybe. You probably went home and stocked the cupboards last no, night, eh, Tristan? No, I, I didn't because uh, <laughs> uh, Jackie was still there at the time and I thought, you know what, this is yeah, just this such is, a, yeah. a great little mm, surprise. It was very nice of her, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because when I left last night, I said, hey, I'm on my way home and, you know, and she goes, okay, uh, just when you get home, I'm running a little late. You feed her, she, and and even have a nap maybe, and I'll see you when I get home. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. And here she was waiting, hovering outside for me to leave, and you were working with her. So thanks for doing that. She knew what she that. told me, actually, when she came in. She she told me that exact thing, but she's like, oh, he wouldn't leave the parking lot. I'm just <laughs> just trying to do a little something for her. She's like, and then she said afterwards, um, uh, I think this is going to annoy him, so it'll be great. No, no, it won't. It didn't annoy me. <laughs> but it's funny, I, I called her up and I said, thanks very much for doing it. It was very thoughtful and stuff. But it did kind of throw my day off a little bit, I'll be honest with you, you know, because there was so much stuff and then trying to share with people. By the way, uh, was there anything left in the newsroom when you got here, or was it all gone? Oh, there was a lot of stuff left. Oh, okay, good. As long as you got some, because Jackie said, i got to make sure I take care of Tristan. It's probably all gone now, though, and that's that's definitely not my fault, but anyway. Well, anyhow, thank you very much for your help. (laughs) Happy Uh, birthday, Jackie appreciates that. Thank you. Yes, thank you to everyone. Oh, i got so many. uh, Dawn I just called from Selkirk. I had a nice card from uh, Janet Campbell, and look, she gave me her McDonald's coffee uh, stickers. So that's going to come in very handy. One of my Norwegian friends. And just so many uh, well wishes. I, I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to getting the show done today so that I can have a nice dinner with my wife. And then that will be the perfect birthday as far as I'm concerned. We have lots coming up on the show here today. Tough trivia. I'll ask a question. You get it right. You get $100 at Kitchens today. You might qualify. Well, you will qualify. And you might win that $5,000 kitchens make uh, kitchen makeover from Kitchens today. We're calling it Hell's Kitchen. You've been hearing about it. Here on the radio. And we're going to toss in some Santa Lucia pizza as well. I think we're going to do the, the contest early in the show because we have a jam-packed show. Christian O'Mell is going to join us after 1.30. He has been uh, out checking out Winnipeg's worst roads. Well, Manitoba's worst roads. CAA announced this morning that it was Empress at the top of the list. No real surprise. So Christian will be here after the news at 1.30. Uh, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes, will stick around. We'll chat at about 1.45, quarter to two, about Avengers Infinity War. Uh, new in theaters as we speak, and it's going to be a big one. They figure this weekend it's going to take in over $200 million. Uh, joining us after the news at 2, John Urschel. He is a mathematician a former NFL player, and he is speaking at the University of Winnipeg today, lecturing on the power and grace of math. And so I'm looking forward to having a conversation with him in studio 
after the news at 2 o'clock. Diana Foxhall, one of our Global News reporters, will join me as well. Um, she is out chatting with superhero fans, and so I'm interested to see what she comes back with. I think we'll get her on about 2.15. Carolyn Klassen is here from 2.30 to 3 from Conexus Counseling. She's our regular Thursday guest. We're going to talk a bit about couples therapy. Here's the question. If you're not arguing, should you still go and get couples therapy? We'll talk about that and some other stuff with Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. If I have time, I want to get Sherry Versluis on. If I don't have time today, I'll get her on the weekend show because um, over at the Preferred Perch, that's her company on St. Mary's, they're uh, doing a fundraiser for True North Youth Foundation. So if we don't hear about it from Sherry today, we'll hear about it on the weekend show. And, of course, very big weekend show here on CGOB, Hal Anderson Weekends comes to a halt this weekend. Last weekend for Hal Anderson Weekends. I will be doing the show tomorrow morning and Sunday morning with the new host of Weekend Mornings here on CJOB, Clay Young. And then I'll be doing weekdays 1 to 4 on a regular basis ongoing. So that's the handoff weekend kind of is what we're calling it. And I really hope you tune in tomorrow and again on Sunday because uh, Jason Dornbush, my pal over at Blue Haze Barbecue, good friend of the station, good client uh, here at the station, has given us some T-shirts, some of his red-eye rub to give away, and we got a barbecue for 10 people. So make sure you listen tomorrow morning, Sunday morning. We're going to qualify a bunch of people, and somebody's going to win that barbecue for 10. He's got a new restaurant out in Beauxjour. He does great catering. Blue Haze Barbecue, fantastic. Wouldn't, uh, couldn't think of a better way to, to end that uh, great weekend show, which I have loved doing. I've so enjoyed doing that show, and it's Sad. I, I I don't want to give it up, but I have to. I have to have a I, I have to have a life. That's just part of it because there's no point working all the time and not having a life, right? And uh, I think we got time. Sure. Let's. It's it's my birthday. Let's uh, throw Pat on the phone here. Pat apparently has a birthday wish for me. Hi, Pat. Happy birthday to you. Mm-hmm. Happy mm-hmm. birthday mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you. Yes. Happy birthday, dear Hal. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you, Pat. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. We're so glad you're back. Yes, glad to be back. Do not go anywhere. I won't go anywhere. You'll find me every weekday here at 1 to 4 on CGOB, I promise. Okay, have a good day. Excellent. Thank you, Pat. Really appreciate that. Very nice. That's what I've been dealing with all morning. I've I've, I've had no time to do any work. I don't know how we put this show together, but we have put the show together. Now, did I mention everything I wanted to mention here? Oh, I got to say happy birthday to Rhonda and Nadia. The uh, They were on the show a while ago. They were very involved in uh, Black History Month here in, in Winnipeg. And they're sisters, and it's their birthday today. And so I want to wish them a happy birthday. And, yeah, I think that's it. That's what I wanted to mention. So let's get going. We're going to take a break and come back. Tough trivia, your chance to win next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Yeah, it's nice. 11 degrees, sunshine, 116. Thursday. I keep talking about the weekend show tomorrow. No, it's today's Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, then the weekend show, Saturday and Sunday. I'm sorry. Wow. Can we start this over again? No, I Okay. Uh, Here is the question. Get it right. You get a $100 gift card from Kitchens Today. You're qualified to win House Kitchen, that $5,000 kitchen makeover. And we're going to toss in some Santa Lucia pizza as well. 
Here's the question. Tough trivia time, 204-780-6868. You tend to eat smaller portions of food if you do this before going to a restaurant. You tend to eat smaller portions of food if you do this before going to a restaurant. Do what? 204-780-6868. Let's go to the phone. Hi, CJOB. Have you got a guess? Hi, would it be exercise? Not exercise, no. Hello, CJOB. How about drinking water? No, not drinking water, no. Hi, CJOB. Drink. No, not drink of any kind. Water or nothing. Drinking has nothing to do with it. Hi, CJOB. Hi, is it having a glass of milk? No, it's not uh, having a glass of milk. No. Hi, CJOB. Hello? Mm, nobody there? Hello, CJOB. Have you got an answer? Uh, how about having a snack? Having a snack. You would think that would be, uh, well, and may, it may very well be a smart thing to do, but not the answer we're looking for, no. You tend to eat smaller portions of food if you do this before going to a restaurant. Hi, what's your guess? Hello? Hello? Yeah, what's your answer? Quickly. Drink water. Not drink water, nothing to do with drinking. Hi, CGOB. Go for a walk. Not go for a walk. No. Hello, CGOB. Would it be uh, have a hot bath? No, it's not have a hot bath. Uh-uh. Hi, CGOB. Exercise? No. Not exercise. Nope. Hi, CGOB. Hey, brush your teeth? Not brush your teeth. Hi, you got a guess? Is it make a reservation? No. Um, No. I was going to say you're on the right track. You're not really on the right track. But it's, it's, uh, I don't, I got to think of a good hint. I don't have a good hint. But no, your your answer is incorrect. Hi, CJOB, have you got a guess? I'm going to say go to the washroom. Not go to the washroom, no. You tend to eat smaller portions of food if you do this before you go to the restaurant. Hi. Hello? Hello? Yeah, answer please. Rub one out. Um, I'll, I will tell you this. Here's here's my hint for you, okay? You tend to eat smaller portions of food if you do this before going to a restaurant. All right, here's the, uh, here's the hint. You would normally do this at the restaurant. Whatever this is, you do it at the restaurant, but they say if you do it before you go to the restaurant, you'll eat smaller portions. There. Does that help at all, caller? Check your financial situation. Nope. Uh-uh. Uh, hi, have you got a guess? Yeah, how about weigh yourself? Not weigh yourself, no. Hello, CJOB? Belch. Not belch, no. Normally you would do this at the restaurant. If you do it before, you'll eat less. Hi. Hi, would it be to look in the mirror? No, think about all the things you do at the restaurant. You're going out for dinner as I'm going out for birthday dinner with my wife tonight. You get there, and what do you do when you're at the restaurant? You... And if you do it before you go, you'll eat less. Hi. Hi there. What is it? Uh, Drink water. Not drink water. How many times do we have to hear drink water? (laughs) I think I've given you a good hint here. Hopefully it'll go soon here. Hi, CJOB. Stand in line? Not stand in line. No. You open up the menu and what do you do? Hi, CJOB. Hi, is it pre-order before you get to the restaurant? Uh, I'm going to give it to you because this has gone on too long. Yes.
it's uh, not pre-order, but you do decide what you're going to order. Decide what you're going to order before you go to the restaurant, and they say you will tend to eat smaller portions. So there you go. Great. Yeah, what's your name? Nicolette. Nicolette. Congratulations. $100 gift card for Kitchens Today. Some Santa Lucia pizza, and you never know you might win Hal's Kitchen, that $5,000 kitchen makeover. Fantastic. That'd be great. Yeah, would be. Excellent. Hang on. I'm going to put you on hold here. Jeff Forche is going to talk to you off the air, get you all signed up there. Whew. That took a little longer than I thought. I thought that was going to go fairly quickly, but um, oh well, you know, whatever. And uh, we have lots coming up on the show here today. Let me just tell you what uh, today is, all right? Today is Huggin' Australian Day. Huggin' Australian Day today. So if you know a, an Australian... Give that uh, person a hug. It is Help a Horse Day. It's Kids and Pets Day. It's Pretzel Day. It is Poem in Your Pocket Day. It's Richter Scale Day today. World Intellectual Property Day today. Technologies Day. And it's Take Our Sons and Daughters to Work Day today. So if you're wondering, there you go. That's what today is. I was curious to see who is selling, uh, celebrating a birthday today, as we've already mentioned several times, my birthday. Carol Burnett is having a birthday today. I didn't know it was Carol Burnett's birthday, but it is. Uh, Carol Burnett is uh, 85 today, 85. Maurice Williams from Maurice and the Zodiacs, 80 today. Bobby Rydell is 76, another singer. Roger Taylor from Duran Duran, 58 today. Michael Damien, Michael Damien, Danny Romilotti on The Young and the Restless. I didn't know his birthday was the same day as mine. 56 today for Michael Damien, Danny Romilotti on YNR. Jet Lee, you've seen him in a bunch of movies, 55 today. Kevin James, King of Queens, and uh, Paul Blart, Male Cop, of course, those movies. He is uh, 53 today, and Channing Tatum, hmm, having a birthday with me today. He is 38. Uh, By the way, I haven't mentioned it in a while. I'll just tell you, if you missed it, at the tail end of Jeff Courier's show, Bill Cosby has been found guilty in all three counts in that sexual assault trial. We, uh, of course, are keeping an eye on that. We'll give you more information as we go along. Really, this is the first uh, trial of the Me Too era, and Cosby is found guilty on all three counts. I think Tristan in the news said that um, Cosby could do 10 years on each of those counts, so he could do 30 years. The man's 80. Um, But there could be an appeal. And uh, we'll try and get you more details on that. It's a breaking and obviously a developing story here this afternoon that we will keep an eye on it. All right. So keep it here and uh, we'll let you know exactly what is happening with that. We've got Tristan Field Jones and the 130 Global News coming up here. And then after 130, Global News reporter Christian O'Mell will join us. CAA is out with its worst roads of 20. 18, and you've heard several times already, so I don't need to uh, keep any uh, any secrets. The worst out there, according to the votes that came in at CAA, by the way, more than 6,000 votes. Number one, the worst road in the province, in all of Manitoba, Empress Street. No surprise. I'm not surprised. That's a mess. Now, 
I have noticed that they are working on it. There are forms that have been put in place so they can pour some new curbs and things like that. So, listen, okay, we've pointed it out. It's terrible. But they already seem to be on that. Um, I was uh, surprised that um, Sherwin Road in Winnipeg was in third place. Second place was a provincial road, Provincial Road 450 at Boisevain. Second. So it goes Empress, Provincial Road 450, Boisevain second, and then Sherwin Road third uh, back here in Winnipeg. And Archibald and Saskatchewan. Archibald Street and Saskatchewan Avenue round out the top five. You can see the full list by going to cjob.com. And as I said, we're going to talk more with Christian O'Mell on this after the news here at 1.30. All right, so let's get the news. And then when we come back, Christian O'Mell will be here to talk about the worst roads in Manitoba. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. Thank you, TFJ, 132, we're underway here. It's uh, Thursday, got to make sure I get that straight. Thursday, and uh, joining us now to talk about the worst roads out there, Global News reporter uh, Christian O'Mell. No surprise for me, I knew Empress was going to be, if not at the top, near the top, but then we've got a couple other streets where you really got to kind of go, where the heck is that? Well, last year Empress was number two, Chevrier was number Mm. one last year, Yeah, and a lot of the times the cities that or the roads that top these lists, you look back and a couple of years later, they're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Ness, St. James. Mm-hmm. Right. They all seem to be around here for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Empress is number one. PR four fifty in Boisevane is number two. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I've never been to Boisevane, so no. I, I'm not exactly sure. But Sherwin Road is number three. And that is in Winnipeg. Yep. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I found it this morning. You did, yes. If I say Hal, where's Sherwin Road? You would say I, I, I honestly do not know. And how long have you lived in Winnipeg? I've been here for many years. Exactly. 25 years. <laughs> exactly. It's a. I measured it. It's 1.2 kilometers long. Wow. It's in St. James Industrial Area. Mm-hmm. It's between Notre Dame and Saskatchewan. Uh, the north end of it is right by the, or the Red River Campus there. Yeah. And Bison Transport is on this road. So. And is it bad? Yeah, it's bad. Mm. It, it, a lot of truck traffic. Yeah. And there were certain spots where you would see cars slow down, veer around potholes. They would, some of them go through them and just a big clank yeah. if their truck's going through them. And I talked to some people that were just sitting outside their work on uh, the road there on Sherwin, and mm-hmm. here's what they had to say. I used to take it all the way to Saskatchewan just because it's easier to turn onto Route 90. <laughs> no, f- I do not take it anymore. I go the long way around because this road is absolutely brutal. If I have to go that way, I'll go back up when, and I'll go all the way when this my, way. When my boss comes in from Regina, he will not allow me to drive down that road. It beats the crap out of you. It, it, it hurts your vehicle. I don't know if it's the third worst, but I'd say it's probably the worst. Maybe just not enough people voted for it, but well, it's awful. I'm, well, you would think more people in a residential area would probably phone in complaints than you would out of an industrial area. But yeah, this is... It's really bad. Like, we go down here at minimum, like I'm in second or third gear maximum when I'm going down here because of the potholes. Try to avoid them, but sometimes it just makes it worse. That's a good, he makes it, <laughs> the, the one guy makes a really good point, right? That you would think that people, a bunch of people live on a street, that right. street might get a lot of votes. For, right. For a street like this to end up third on the list, that's saying something. Because literally zero people live on this street. It's yeah. purely industrial mm-hmm. and 
you look at the vote breakdown, I think 6,000 or so people put in votes for this, right. and the number one emperors had just shy of 1,000. Number two was about yeah, a couple hundred less than that. So we're talking hundreds of votes yeah. here. So this is a case where you're looking at people inside of a business or maybe multiple businesses on that road. They'll talk to each other and say, hey, you know what? Let's get this fixed. We're sick of this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to each other and let's vote. Yeah. And because you can vote once a day for throughout the entire campaign, which is weeks long. Mm. Scott Gillingham is the area counselor. He's also got Empress in his ward. He's also got Saskatchewan in his oh, ward. Three oh, oh. of the top five. <laughs> and an election's coming up. And he also had Ness and St. James in his ward. Oh, wow. Uh, here's what he had to say. Because of the heavy traffic that it sees, it does get pretty uh, beat up. I've been talking to the department about this, the condition of the road. They're well aware of that. And, and we're looking to see, you know, just when that road can be reconstructed. We do know that it really needs to be examined because it's so important to our economy. So after I did an interview with him, he called back and said, According to city staff, the tentative plan is 2020 to get after Sherwin Road. Hmm. Again, it's only 1.2 kilometers. Interesting to see what would happen because of all the trucks there. If you like shut down one side of it and then you have because there's no other way to get into a lot of these businesses and that are heavy truck traffic. Mm -hmm. So it might be a bit of a headache in the short term, but long term, it's going to be better because i mean there's potholes all over the city yeah everyone can say my road's the worst mm-hmm. i hate my road i voted for my road but no one else did yeah. interesting thing about this in talking to the caa in the past and again at the start of this campaign this year this campaign really does work the mm-hmm. politicians get the message when somebody votes and you know when a street's in the top five say they know about it and i mean we're already seeing yeah. work on empress that we're not seeing on other streets in most cases, this isn't a situation where City Hall would be stunned to learn mm. that a certain street is in bad shape. It more or less just turns up the heat a yep. little bit because right. not only are people talking about it, but we're talking about yep. it, which you know gets right. more people talking about yeah, it. Yeah. And they can call their counselors. This information gets presented to the mayor, to mm-hmm. the council. They see it, and it's more of a reminder that says, hey— People are fed up yeah. with certain streets. Archibald is on this list. Higgins, Furmore, Pemina Highway is always on this list. Mm-hmm. It's always under construction. Yep. But those are all really long roads where certain sections are going to be bad and certain sections are going to be good. And that's just mm-hmm. this, the nature of being a long street in Winnipeg. Yeah. A road like Sherwin stands out mm-hmm. because it is so short yeah. and because it's so infrequently traveled by pe- anybody that uses that road is there strictly for one reason, and that's mm-hmm. because they're accessing something on that road. Yeah, They're not using it as a detour, and if they do and think that the first time they use it, oh, I'm just going to cut this way, mm-hmm. that's the last time they're going to do that because yeah. it's not very smooth. Well, and I would argue that a street like that might not get attention until something like this happens because it's not in an area where everybody's traveling it, right. and it sort of goes unnoticed until somebody shines a big light yeah. on it. Yeah, and Gillingham did say that that road is important economically mm-hmm. because there's a lot of shipping that goes through there. And right. I asked uh, Liz Kulik with CAA Manitoba about what kind of attention this can bring to a small road like Sherwin. We did. We went down to Sherwin a couple times because we said the same thing. Where is Sherwin Road? Who's driving on Sherwin Road? It's a lot of people in and around, you know, that area of St. James. Pretty horrible. I mean, there's some pretty deep potholes. Roads shouldn't be in that condition. Not many people see Sherwin Road, but it's important for people to remember the state that it's in. So they give this information to the city. And like I said, 2020 is the tentative plan. And Gillingham said, when we say tentative, that normally does pan out. Mm. So interestingly, they've got a good bike path on Sherwin. Like really? Off to the side, hmm. there's a pretty smooth path. And there's a sign at the north end of that road 
that they put up when they were building it, you know, part of the bike network, coming soon in 2010. <laughs> the sign has been up for eight years, uh, and nobody's noticed it to take it down. Funny. So I asked Killingham, and he said, oh, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Thanks I'll for telling me. That. Thanks I'll for telling me, Christian. You. I have a feeling that uh, he's saying 2020. Uh, it would not surprise me to see work on this road sooner than that, now that it has made, uh, you know, the top three. Well, and if Empress, well, Empress is going to be fixed starting this summer, it will be knocked down off that perch. Right. Maybe Sherwin Road gets yeah. the bump to number one. And then at that point, the city says, all right, mm-hmm. it's only one kilometer. Let's just yeah. sneak it in the 2019 budget. Yeah. As my dad would say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And uh, people are squeaking about these roads, and the politicians tend to listen. We do have to remember that, you know, 6,000 people voted in this across the province. There are 700,000 people in Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily a scientific snapshot. No, but when we start talking about it, thousands and thousands of people hear it. And we ask people Mm -hmm. to say, hey... Tell us, yeah. what roads do you not like? Mm. They flood in, and everyone yes, always do. has lots yeah. to say. Well, and that leads me right into this. So you can see the whole list at cjob.com. Go and check out the list, and if you want to weigh in on a street maybe that isn't high enough on the list or didn't make the list, let me know. 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Christian, thank you very much, sir. Welcome. Christian O'Mell, Global News Reporter, one of our Global News Reporters here at CJOB. So, a breaking and developing story. Bill Cosby found guilty in the sexual assault trial. Guilty on all three counts. He could do 10 years per count. So, he could do 30 years. I want to play uh, some reaction now to this verdict. It's a legal analyst by the name of Laura Coates. Here's what she had to say about uh, the guilty verdict in the Cosby sexual assault trial today. I have to say many people are shocked hearing the verdict in this case because this case was so drastically different than the first one. You had the ability to have the civil settlement that was put in place, the $3.2 million before the jury this time around. You also had the idea that you had a witness on behalf of the defense team that said that they previously believed and heard Andrea Constant make a statement that she was simply trying to frame a high-profile person at some one point or another. And so this is very shocking. It's not shocking given the volume, however, of the number of people who came forward in the past, and I think it's absolutely right. In this trial, unlike the first one, you were able to hear testimony from five other women, in addition to Andrea Constant, who were saying, listen, this is somebody, this happened to me too. Me too has been the phrase that has been used consistently about this case. It happened to them too, and in front of those jurors, they were able to actually hear the words of people who not only espoused the sentiment of me too, but actually could say this exact thing happened to them as well. In this case, he was likely to serve the terms concurrently if he is to serve all of the jail time, but sentencing is still out there. Also, we'll want to note that unlike the first trial, where they were trying to paint this as a romantic endeavor, perhaps, and one that was consensual, this time the defense decided to say this was essentially the equivalent of a gold digger based on the civil settlement that obviously did not speak well to the jurors in this case. They did not buy into the notion that it was somebody who was motivated by a financial settlement or otherwise. And now you have this very unique position. The very first time that you have a celebrity high-profile Me Too case, and really not even half the time of the initial initial deliberations. This was only a day and a half in, realistically. 
Legal analyst Laura Coates there commenting on the guilty verdict on three counts, Bill Cosby, in this sexual assault trial. And by the way, Cosby's attorney, as he left the courthouse, said, the fight is not over. So that sounds to me like an appeal, likely. But we have not heard that in those words. But the lawyer for Bill Cosby says the fight is not over. And remember, um, Cosby in this trial accused of, and now he has been uh, found guilty of, drugging and molesting a Canadian, right? She's Canadian, Andrea Constant. It happened, she says, at his home in 2004. Uh, We are just now getting uh, some reports in. This is uh, Lindsay Davis from outside the courthouse, listen. In the room, there was audible, there were audible gasps. Um, There were four survivors or four, they call themselves the survivor sisters, four Cosby accusers, three of them who've been here every single day for this trial that lasted for 12 days, plus these two days of deliberations. And then last year in in June, they were here as well, day in and day out uh, for that trial. They had to be escorted out of the courtroom because they sobbed uh, so loudly. And they asked to be able to stay. They said they were going to stop crying, uh, but they had to leave. That is reporter Lindsay Davis at the courthouse where Cosby was just found guilty on all three counts of sexual assault. He could do 10 years per count, so that would be 30 years. This this is the first high-profile trial of the Me Too era, And, I mean, this is a guy who has been known as America's dad. This was, you know, it's it's just crazy. And as you know, many women have accused Cosby of doing stuff like this. And now we see what happens. But it sounds to me like an appeal is coming. Cosby's lawyer saying the fight is not over, but we will wait to hear that officially. 145, quarter to two. We're keeping an eye on that story for you here this afternoon. When we come back, let's talk about the big movie in theaters this weekend, Avengers Infinity War. We'll talk about that next. Hal Anderson on CJOB. 150, 10 to 2. Well, about 50 minutes ago, tickets went on sale for uh, the game tomorrow night, right? Watch the game at Bell MTS Place on the uh, big screen TVs there at the rink. Here is uh, Kevin Donnelly from True North Sports and Entertainment on Mackling and McGarry this morning talking about the tickets that went on sale at 1 o'clock this afternoon. It's a reserve seat. You have to, you know, we'll, we'll fill from the lower bowl up to the upper deck. We do expect that we will fill the, the building or the majority of it. So it's a reserved seat. Uh, if you're a season ticket holder, you don't get your seat. It's a, a you know first come first serve for that uh, ticket purchase. Um, but it's a reserved seat. All seats are ten dollars, whether you're four or ninety-four, lower bowl, upper bowl. All seats are ten dollars. Kevin Donnelly, they're going to go fast. We'll let you know as soon as they're sold out. They expect to sell out, right? Kevin Donnelly knows uh, how uh, popular these. $10 seats are going to be. Here's uh, another clip of him with Mackling and McGarry this morning. Kevin Donnelly, True North Sports and Entertainment. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, so the concept of having the indoor viewing party, you know, isn't unique. Other other markets, other teams do it. Uh, we have the big screen at the center ice. So we'll lower the screen, dim the lights a little bit, so you'll still be able to see the cheer flags going and whatnot. But uh, kind of make that uh, environment 
more suitable for watching it on the big screen and then, you know, cheering on your team with uh, 15,000 of your closest friends. All right. So uh, get your tickets. Get them fast. Uh, apparently you can. I'm not sure if it was one of the clips I played there, but you can get your tickets uh, for tomorrow night and also for Sunday as well. And they're going to have the big outdoor uh, whiteout party going, but you can go inside and, and watch the game, which, again, it's, it's going to their foundation. This is a great cause. And 10 bucks. I mean, you know, yeah, it's not the game, but, boy, it's as close as you can get here in Winnipeg when they're playing down in Nashville. I've been chatting uh, with this guy in Nashville, WNSR Radio, I think it is. Um, his name is, I love his name, Johnny Ballpark Franks. He does the afternoon show at this radio station down there. And I've chatted with him a couple times. And I was uh, checking out his podcast. By the way, you can get this show in podcast form, uh, by the way, as well. Just go to cgob.com and find the podcast, and you can listen to this one uh, if you... Uh, uh, if you uh, miss uh, it during the day. But uh, anyhow, I went to uh, Johnny Ballpark Frank's podcast and uh, I was able to uh, listen to a few minutes of him talking to Pete Weber, who is the voice of the Nashville Predators. And I want to play that for you a little later on. All right. So stay tuned for that. It's interesting uh, listening to them talking about us, right? They don't know that we're listening and they're talking about us. I didn't say anything bad. Uh, in fact, they talked uh, quite a bit about how fans of the Nashville Predators can kind of relate to what we went through here with no team and being a smaller market. And But I want to play that for you a couple minutes. We'll do that uh, at some point. Johnny Ballpark, Frank's talking to the voice of the Predators, Pete Weber. All right. So that is coming up. We're going to talk uh, about the new Avengers movie here uh, in uh, just a moment with uh, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes. Let me just tell you that coming up after the news at 2, John Urschel will be here. He is a former NFL player. He's uh, from here, and he is a mathematician, football player, mathematician. Unusual, but... He is giving a speech today, a lecture, a talk today about the power and grace of math. And so we're going to talk a little math on the show here after the news at 2 o'clock. All right? So make sure you stick around for that. All right, let's talk to Jeff Braun about the new Avengers movie. Avengers Infinity War. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. All right, that is a clip. By the way, you know what? I am so off today. There's something wrong with me today. Uh, Jeff Fortune is looking at me like I've got nine eyes. I don't have time to talk to Jeff right now. I, I had the I had the wrong day early. It's my birthday. I'm all I'm out of whack here. Uh, we're gonna have to hold off and talk to Jeff later because as we got into the clip there, I'm thinking, no, I don't I don't have time to talk here. We've got the news coming up, and then so I apologize. We will get uh, to that conversation. All right, I promise you, we will talk to Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes. And by the way, just to give them the plug because they don't like coming on the show if I don't give them the plug. Uh, we've got uh, both of them doing their show, The Couch Potatoes, Saturday right after the noon news, Sunday after the news at 6 in the evening, 
and of course their podcast, Google Play and iTunes. All right, Google Play and iTunes. So make sure you check out the podcast or the show, and I promise we'll have that conversation with Jeff Braun about Avengers Infinity War. Maybe you want to tell me why you're excited to see that movie. My wife's excited. We're going. I'm told we're going. She's just going to say, here's when we're going, and we're going. She's getting the tickets. Avengers Infinity War. It's going to have all the Marvel uh, characters. So it's a big deal, and they think it's going to make over $200 million this weekend. All right. Let's take a quick break. The news. And then we'll carry on. John Urschel will join us. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. Thank you very much, TFJ. It's 2.04. Hal Anderson here on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, We're going to talk more Jets coming up here. Also, we're going to talk about the new movie Avengers Infinity War. They figure this one's going to take in over $200 million on the weekend. So lots to talk about. And our regular Thursday guest, Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling, will be here after the news at 2.30 in about half an hour, whole half hour with her Couples therapy. Should you go to couples therapy even if you're not arguing? We'll ask her. She's a therapist, but I promise she'll give an honest answer. She won't just try and convince a couple to get therapy. I promise. Hey, our next guest right here is, uh, well, he was an NFL player. He is a mathematician. His name is John Urschel. John, uh, really nice to meet you, man. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you as well, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and answer that. I'm going to say... No, if you're not arguing, I think you're I think you're quite all right. Really? Yes. So okay. you can tell her I said that. I'll ask her and I'll let her know that you uh you feel that way. Yeah. Um listen, uh, I was looking at uh, the things you've done. You, you're an impressive individual. Uh you were on the Forbes top 30 under 30 list, outstanding young scientist, NFL player. Uh, you're a Winnipegger, right? That's you're true. from here. I, that that might be my greatest accomplishment. You think so? Could be. Yes. And you are a mathematician, and you're going to give a talk about math, maybe not so much just about math, but I guess maybe how math has affected your life and how it can be a good thing in life. Uh, tell me about the speech today, 3.30 at the University of Manitoba. Yes, 3.30 at the University of Manitoba. That would be a nice thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. Okay. So it's 3.30. It's at uh, Schultz Lecture Hall. And what I will be talking about is a very interesting sort of technique or algorithm in theoretical computer science that deals with the following problem. And I will put it in sports terms. Okay. Suppose you have a roundtable of sports experts. And they're predicting the outcome of every Blue Jays game. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the season, they tally up how many times they got it wrong and whoever sort of has the least amount of wrong guesses is clearly the best expert mm. in terms of predicting whether they win right. or lose. And now, before every game, you get to see what everyone at the round table predicts about who will win, and now you get to decide, I'm going to take this expert's advice. Okay. And now the question is, how should you decide who to listen to so that at the end of the season, how well you did is almost as well as how well the best person did. Okay. And the question is how to do this from a theoretical perspective. And uh, spoiler, this isn't just useful in sports. This is useful in I was going to ask you, it applies to all kinds of stuff, It applies into all kinds of stuff, and I'll give you a teaser. Just deciding to take the advice of whoever is doing the best so far does not work. 
Really? This is the first thing that everyone will think of. It does not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I want you to save some of, of I'm gonna, what— I'm, I, I I'm stopping to, there, and I'm going to save it. I want you to save yeah, some yeah. for 3.30, but yes. keep in mind, most of the people listening may not get there today. So share a little bit of, of are, what you— Are, are uh, they—they're not? What are you— Well, I'm— Come on. It's, what time is it? It's 207. It's 2.07. As long as you're within, like, a— what, like a 60-kilometer radius? You expect I think, them there, I right? expect you there. Yeah. If you're listening and you're within 60 kilometers, yeah. I have faith in you. I'll see you at 3.30. Okay. Yes. And then, so then the interview is over, I guess, because we have nothing to talk about. Well, I mean, we can talk about other things. Okay, I mean, sure. Well, right? uh, tell, uh, relate to me what math has meant for you and why it's important. Or uh, I don't know much about you. You've got to tell me. Yeah, no, I can. Uh, I'll try to fill you in. I... Uh, I like math a lot. This yeah. is probably my favorite thing in the world. Sure. And the reason why I like math is even when I was little, I loved solving puzzles. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, maybe you might love solving Sudoku puzzles or yeah. crossword puzzles, whatever right. it may be. And the way I look at math, and I think the right way to look at math is sort of a language and a set of tools to solve problems, to mm-hmm. solve quantitative problems. Yeah. Even later in life, not necessarily directly related to math. It can yes, be very valuable. Right. It's very valuable. And also, I think sort of math as a skill set really trains you how to think through a problem. Mm-hmm. For instance, you know, as people, we go through the day and we make hundreds of quantitative decisions, both sort of explicitly and implicitly. And some of them are important, some of them are small. And I think. There's really something to being able to think through a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good skill for people to have. Yeah. And math does train this and at least should train this and should have trained this when you were mm-hmm. in school. So if, what do you say that? Yeah. And I think you're right. Absolutely yeah. right. Helps you work through problems later in life, maybe that have nothing to do with carrying the two or any of that kind of stuff. Exactly. I don't care about yeah. sort of your ability to do calculus. Right. I care about you sort of learning how yeah. to think through problems. So what's the biggest thing from math mm-hmm. that helped you be such a great football player? Oh, let me think. Let me think. Was there anything from math that helped you be a great or vice versa? Maybe there was I'd something say, from I'd football. I'd say more football helping me be great at math in that sort of it really taught me what it means to sort of be dedicated to something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. the work ethic it requires right. to be, you know, yeah, to try yeah. to be elite at something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. just happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you've been uh, obviously a lot of success. Uh, 3.30 this afternoon. Yes. Schultz Lecture Hall, yes. University of Manitoba. Yes. Is it big? Because he's expecting a big crowd. It's big, so you're okay, going to have a perfect. big crowd there today. Sounds so if you're good. within 60 kilometers yes. of Schultz Lecture Hall, yes. John wants you there today. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Thank you very much Likewise. for coming in. 211, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Cal Anderson on CJOB. All right, 2.15, quarter after 2. So, Avengers Infinity War is new in theaters this weekend. Uh, What is the appeal of these uh, comic book superheroes? Our Global News reporter, Dinah Foxall, uh, went out with that question on her mind today. And what did you find? Why are these guys, these characters, so popular in movies and and in other uh, platforms? 
I did learn quite a lot today, actually. I spoke with uh, Professor Benjamin Wu from Carleton, and he's at the School of Journalism and Communication. He specializes in comics. He does a lot of research. Mm -hmm. He says the superhero theme is something that kind of continues on from centuries past where there was mythology involving gods and that sort of thing. Mm. So having special powers is something that we are just really interested in. And obviously in this day and age, we've got a lot of people who are fans of comics, perhaps less so right now when people are more interested in movies and the fan base for actual physical comics is kind of, I don't want to necessarily say shrinking, but we don't necessarily know that, but it's less of an appeal than it was in the past when Mm. people would just go and get their comic every Wednesday and there was that really voracious fan base. It's kind of changed, right? It it went from, if I got to have that latest comic book to now we're all kind of going to the movies, right? Exactly. So the fan base is changing, but he kind of breaks it down. Um, He breaks down why we are interested in superheroes. And obviously for Marvel, this is a Mm -hmm. very, a very, uh, big franchise that they've got. It's a a mega franchise, as Mm. he says. The literature on superheroes uh, often goes in the direction of talking about superheroes as a kind of contemporary, uh, commercially produced equivalent to the stories of heroes and myths that go back throughout human history. Um, And so there's a lot of arguments that that sort of uh, revolve around those kinds of of explanations. Um, But I think that Right now, we want to look in terms of, like, why are superhero movies so popular? Why are these characters and these stories um, foregrounded so much by our entertainment industry today? I think there's much more um, much more salient and obvious kinds of, of explanations that have to do with things like, um, like brand management, like the production of um, the kinds of blockbuster movies that play well in the global film marketplace. Um, those, those kinds of explanations that I think are, are usually... Um, more satisfying. So Marvel obviously has done very, very well with its superhero movies. um, And this one is expected to be pretty big. It kind of ties a bunch of different storylines together. Mm -hmm. So it's something that you don't necessarily need to have followed from the start. And um, I spoke to Mighty Comics owner uh, James Castles earlier as well. He says there have been sort of some duds in the franchise, but people are pretty, pretty uh, hopeful for this one. Mm He's quite excited for it, but there have been a lot of successes. So just for Marvel to put this one out, Black Panther in February, that was very successful. Huge. So yeah. this one is this one's kind of just building on that. And this is uh, Professor Wu again explaining. This current Avengers film, which is the third Avengers film that's coming out, um, is sort of the first time that Marvel is really tying in together all of the sort of the mini franchises that they've they've created right because um the marvel cinematic universe as a as an overarching thing or 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 title is what you could call a like a mega franchise right it's um it's not like a james bond series or even a star trek series right it's um it's a larger container that holds a number of different series within it right so we've got the initial kinds of films that came out following um, following Iron Man, and those led to the creation of the first Avengers film. And then from there, they widened it out again. And now they're finally sort of bringing things back together. And so particularly um, uh, bringing in the characters from the Guardians of the Galaxy films, for example, um, and, uh, and of course, the, the smash hit uh, from February of, um, of Black Panther, I think is really sort of part of what is... Um, 
is is really uh, driving the energy around this particular uh, contribution to the to the mega franchise. So let me ask you a question, Dan, as you headed out today and you got this assignment. Are you at all into comic books or superheroes or not? I'll be honest, my background is not incredibly strong. There were comic books at my grandparents' cottage uh, near Halifax, which we went to occasionally in summers, and I would kind of flip through those, Mm. but I never became as big a a fan that I would kind of purchase comics or I would Mm. follow the storylines. So I'm sure I've seen a few of these kind of on and off, but when it comes to following through and reading comics and knowing Mm. all the storylines, I don't. I did watch Black Panther a few months ago, and that was amazing. And did you like it? It was great. eh? I loved it. I thought it was great. I have never, and my wife is in the same category with me on this one, I I never really was into the comic books, certainly, and not even the comic book superhero movies, but the last few now, we're really into it. And so Black Panther for us, that was sort of like, wow, like nothing's, it'll be interesting to see if this one is as good as that one, because that one was about as good as it gets. That one was amazing, and yeah. I know that one has done phenomenally at box offices, so mm-hmm. whether this one follows and kind of tops that is, yeah. I guess we're going to have to wait and see starting mm-hmm. tonight. Um, yeah. Well, even, I think there are some afternoon shows today. You've got one more clip. Let's squeeze that in here. I do. Uh, uh, who is it with? So that is uh, Professor Wu again, and that's just kind of something that we are touching on now, actually. We're both... We both like these movies, but mm-hmm. we're not going to set out and read the comics. Right. So there's kind of a divide. The people who like the comics mm-hmm. will come and see the movies, but yeah. does it go both ways? Dr. Wu doesn't think so. Okay. The, I guess the films have been tremendous in terms of building uh, affection and, and fandom for, uh, for these characters, um, but uh, we should be careful about equating uh, people who are fans of these superhero characters. Okay, I guess we're not going to hear the end of that clip. That's what happens when you play around with the computer there, and you probably stopped it, but don't worry. That's fine, because you know what? I want to talk to uh, Jeff Braun. We weren't able to get him in last half hour, and you know what, Diana? It's that kind of day. It's been that kind of day for me from the moment I walked in. I'm having a great day. It's my birthday, and I got all kinds of gifts and well wishes. But ask Jeff Forci, the producer of the show. There is something wrong with today's show. What's going on? It's I have weird. no idea. It's, it's the strangest it's, thing. It's one of those days. It like is one said. of those days. So it's sort of apropos that Oof. the clip ended halfway there. Thank you, Diana. Appreciate your help on that. All right. So let me uh, get Jeff Braun in here because I wanted to get this in. All right. So um, here is a clip of Avengers Infinity War, and then we'll talk about it. Listen. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. That is a bit of the trailer from the new Avengers movie. It opens in theaters. Well, I guess it's in theaters right now, eh, Jeff Braun? Technically, yeah. yeah. Today's first day. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, you will not be going on the first day to see no, the movie? No, I'm old enough now that, 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 that that's, there's nothing that yeah. does nothing for me to mm. battle the crowds and then and then just to be the first guy. Yeah. To, I don't mind. I, I, my buddy and I are trying to figure out when. We yeah. were going to go Saturday afternoon. 
Sold out. We're looking for the recliner seats, so right. recliner theater sold out. Yeah. We're also not looking for 3D or any of that junk. Uh-huh. So it might be Monday. That's fine with me. A Monday matinee. I love it. Yeah. Well, and we're going at some point, too. Yeah. I'm worried now, though. My wife has not got tickets yet, so I, I'm not thinking we're going to see it this weekend, but we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. The other couch potato, Brett McGarry, got his tickets this morning. <laughs> yeah. He is going tonight. Yeah, he got, well, he just, I guess he just needed the one seat. You found yeah. a single seat somewhere. Wow. So. Yeah, he likes to go opening night. He always says he doesn't, yeah. and then he does. Oh, and then he doesn't, it. yeah. This is impressive in the sense that every one of the Marvel comic characters is yep. in this movie, right? As far as we know, they're supposed yeah. to be. I, I Weirdly, I didn't see Ant-Man on the poster, hmm. but he's small, so maybe I missed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel has had the stars on all week yeah, yeah. leading up to this. They say this thing is going to make over $200 million. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Every time, like, well, I guess Black Panther was the last one, right? Oh, it's mm. the biggest one ever. And it's yeah. like, until the next one comes until out. Until the next one comes, yeah. yeah. There's going to be another one next year, and then it'll beat this year. So I think the thing about this one that certainly has my wife excited, and, and that's not easy, I'll tell you that. Uh, but she is excited because they're all in this. Every one of them. Yeah. Or, or apparently every right, one of them right. is in this. And we'll, we'll, we'll find out, I guess, when we go and... Uh, when we go and see it. And it is pretty impressive when you look at the characters. They have done an amazing job of building up to this over the years. Like it started 10 years ago with that mm. first Iron Man movie, which yeah. was a gamble. They didn't know, right? right? Yeah. No one knew if that was going to fly because, mm. you know, a week before it opened, almost nobody had heard of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah, it's just literally yeah. snowballed for 10 years until today. Yeah. Uh, you and I uh, talked recently and I told you, I don't know, the comic book stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, not really a, a fan. I don't know why my wife has become such a fan, but I'll tell you what, I am slowly becoming a fan. I really enjoyed Black Panther. It was yeah. great. It was fantastic. There, uh, These movies are always good now too. It's mm-hmm. really weird. The first, if you look at the first few years, there were a couple that were, you mm-hmm. kind of put a question mark, yeah. like I don't need to see that Incredible Hulk movie again. Right. Iron Man 2 was a bit of a stinker, yeah. but- the last few years, they've just been on fire, and mm-hmm. each one's just better than the last. So. Yeah. Well, everybody is talking about this movie. A lot of people are going to go and see it on the first day today. I'm I'm sure there are people as we speak, Jeff. Yeah. That are are watching this movie. What is it? Avengers Infinity. The Avengers Infinity War. There you go. It was going to be part one because there's an, another one next year, but it's going to have a different title. I don't think they've announced oh. that title yet. But all right, another Avengers one. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Brown, of course, one of the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGeary, the other one. You can hear the Couch Potatoes here on CGOB right after Global News at noon on Saturday, right after Global News at 6 in the evening on Sunday. And, of course, they have a podcast, Google Play and iTunes. Jet, thank you very much. You bet. And as we head to a break, another clip from the trailer of the new Avengers movie. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants. So that's what we use. Thank you very much, TFJ. 2.32. Whole half hour now with Carolyn Klassen from Connexus Counseling. Um, let me ask you a quick question, Carolyn, here before we get into it. It has been the weirdest show. Things that could go wrong went wrong. It's just been a strange day. Both Jeffrey Forche, the producer of the show, and me are like, what is going on today? And I've been the worst offender. I've, I've had a terrible day. Terrible show. But it's my birthday, and I'm loving it. My wife did nice things, and we're going for dinner, and I'm happy. But it's been a weird day. 
any thoughts as a therapist on these <laughs> on these weird days and why they happen and why things that can go wrong do go wrong and no, no, I've got nothing. Yeah. yeah. I saw Diana shaking her head as she came out, sort of feeling badly for how that last bit went. Well, because um, her clip ended, right? Yeah, it yeah. stopped in the middle. And yeah, but it's just been one of those days. Well, and sort of higher, higher, higher highs and lower lows than most yeah. for you, right? Right. Um, because it, you just showed me that picture of your how your wife was with your desk. And yeah. I can imagine that just must have started your day off like fantastically here. It did, but at the same time, it kind of, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. And I, I, it's funny, Jackie and I were laughing about this. But when you come into something like that, you're not expecting, it does kind of start the day off in an unusual sort of way, you know, and maybe that got things tilted right from the beginning. I don't know. Throws you off your game a bit. Kind of threw me off my game a little bit. But anyway, it was, it was fantastic. That's the I just best thought, of reasons to I just have your game maybe, thrown off. Yes, absolutely. And I just thought maybe you had a theory on, you know, <laughs> why days happen like that. And uh, But I guess what you do is you just power through it, right, and know that at some point the day will turn around and get back on track. Well, and Hal, having, you know, gotten to know you as I have, you mm. are really good with rolling with it, right? Like You got to so- be in this biz. When something doesn't go right, you yeah. manage to make it part of the best parts of the show. So, yeah. yeah. I've always been like that, you know, just again, letting them behind, letting everybody listening behind the, rel- the velvet rope here, you know, and I kind of like to do that once in a while. Yeah, I, I just find, I, I think people relate to that. Oh, Hal's having a bad day. And why would I not tell people I'm having a bad day if I'm having a bad day, right? Just keeping it real. Yeah. That's all. Just keeping it real. Hey, so the question uh, that I put out there a couple times, uh, knowing that you were coming up today, is uh, answer this question however you want to answer it, and then we'll get into a deeper discussion about it. Couples therapy. Should you be... Uh, uh, taking or partaking in couples therapy, even if you're not arguing. I'm no therapist, but I'm going to say yes, because just because you're arguing doesn't mean there aren't issues there that you need help with, right? Well, we'll talk about this in a variety of ways, but the first one I would have to say is if I knew that couples that weren't arguing were then in fantastic relationships, Mm -hmm. I would say that that works. However, I think we all know couples that aren't arguing, but their their relationship is anything but great, Right. right? Like there's a lot of ways that couples can be doing poorly other than just being at each other and having mm-hmm. high conflict. Yeah. And um, one of the most popular blogs that I've ever written that I just find people coming back to again and again is is one about how betrayal is the most sinister form of engagement. Hmm. Um, sorry, that disengagement is the most sinister form of betrayal where it's hard to put your finger on, where there's nothing really obvious negative that's happening, but you just kind of watch the person pulling away really gradually. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of concerning, but it happens so slowly, it's hard to put your finger on it. And then when you want to ask the other person about it, they say, no, everything's fine. No, nothing's wrong. But it doesn't feel like the two of you are connecting. Right. And uh, that's a scary thing. And it happens so slowly. And so it's kind of at a glacial pace that before you know it. And when you realize it, it's often too late, isn't it? It's often too late. And I think John Gottman, who is kind of the North American guru on um, couples research, he's Mm -hmm. really good. His stuff is well-researched, well-documented, well-respected. He says that the average couple waits six years too long to go for marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that people have to keep in mind. And what happens when you wait too long is that the little bits of 
you get it's it's like if you have picture a rainstorm and um it the rain is hitting the top of a hill and the rain makes its way down these little pathways right and the longer it rains the bigger the pathways get well when the rain stops those pathways stay the same so the next time there's a big rain mm. the the rain goes down those same pathways and creates deeper ruts in it right yeah. and so the longer you neglect little fractures in your relationship the deeper and wider they become mm-hmm. and the more work it takes to be able to overcome them and to repair them and so I love when couples come in and say, we think everything's pretty good, but we're kind of here for a checkup. We'd like to make sure that any ruptures in our relationship get repaired before we even are aware that they're there. Yeah. And the great analogy that we used in our emails back Mm -hmm. and forth this week was almost like maintaining your car in a way, right? Right. Or, Or going to see the dentist. You're not necessarily going in because something terrible is wrong. You're trying to prevent that terrible stuff from happening. Right. Like, do you take your car in? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And when? When do you take your car in? Well, on a regular basis, usually the spring and the fall. But you you'd certainly take it in when there's something really bad wrong. Right. But I think you and I try to take it in a couple times a year. We're heading into spring. We're heading into winter. Get the winter tires, all that kind of stuff. There's maintenance. And then there's, oh, boy, I got a problem. And when you think about your car versus your relationship, on a scale of zero to ten. <laughs> yeah. What's more important? <laughs> yes. Silly question, Carolyn. My car, of course. No. I know exactly the point you're making. Absolutely. Right. So if we take the time and effort with the car, why don't we do that with the most important thing in our life? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I think we don't expect ourselves to be experts at fixing the car. We mm-hmm. don't expect ourselves to be our own dentist. We brush right. our teeth regularly. Yeah. But we go into the dentist hoping they won't find anything, but mm-hmm. being open that if they find something, it might be expensive and inconvenient and cause some pain. Yeah. But if we take care of it now, that helps us keep our teeth. Right. Yeah. And I think the other thing about the whole idea of the, the maintenance metaphor is that if you are taking your car in every spring and fall and mm-hmm. then you go in, need to go in because there's a funky rattle or something not right with the car. Mm. You go in and the people that are there, they already know your car, right? And they might have even predicted that, you know, the brake pads were going to go or that it was going to need an extra something and an Mm -hmm. extra however many kilometers. And so when you have, you know, your car mechanic on speed dial and you're going in there twice a year, then when something does go wrong, Mm -hmm. you've got it all set up and it's really easy to sort of slide in and it's no big deal. Okay, and uh, now you you told me to ask you an alternate theory here, just so, and listen, you are a therapist. Nobody thinks you're in here once a week trying to, you know, get more people into, I I know your practice, you don't need any help getting more people in there, but you want to present an alternate theory here uh, to couples counseling. What I am is I'm passionate about couples maintaining their relationship. The most important relationship in your life and probably Mm -hmm. the most important relationship in your kid's life is just something worth maintaining and not only trying to survive, but to actually thrive in it. So Mm -hmm. I'm all about whatever it takes, including marriage counseling. But if that's not what it, if there's other ways that you can do to keep your marriage alive and vital, Mm -hmm. I don't, you're right. It's not about getting the business for my profession. It's about making sure that people pay attention to their relationships and knowing that relationships need maintenance like any like anything else in our lives that are mm-hmm. important. Yeah. So I thought I would present some research that was done. It was done a few years ago, and it looked at 174 engaged or newly married couples. And so these are couples also that don't have, they're not coming, they don't have huge problems. They're just regular couples who are engaged or newly married. And they had them, they randomly assigned them to get no treatment, 
a movie-centered intervention or one or two types of marriage preparation classes. And so this was about marriage enhancement, right? right? And so the mar- the movie project was they were to watch over a course of time a half a dozen movies. And uh, the, they weren't just any movies. Um, they were movies that looked at couples that were in the trenches, so couples working through their issues together. So some of them were action movies like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but some of them were like Four Christmases, Terms of Endearment, stuff like that. Mm. Even old ones, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, things like that. And then there's a list of questions of what did you notice that happened in the movie? Was there anything that happened between the couple and the movie that we also experienced in our relationship? Mm -hmm. And what they found at the end of it was, was that the divorce rate for the the control group, the couple, the group that didn't have any pre- marriage preparation classes um, or the movies, that that divorce rate was at about 23%. The couples that went through the marriage counseling in the groups or the couples that went through the movies had the same 11% divorce rate. Mm. So it was half of those that didn't do anything. But the being, being deliberate about your relationship and having the movies create those conversations and create opportunities for you to talk and dialogue about yeah. your relationship mm-hmm. so as to enhance it and to sort of notice if there were any problems and address those early on, yeah. that that was just as effective as a marriage counseling. Right. So your point is there are more, there's more than one way of getting a couple together and communicating about the issues that may be affecting their marriage. I think it's important to have a deliberate practice of saying, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and what are we missing? And is there something about our marriage that isn't going well that yeah. I don't even know about that you do? Right. Like, let's tune each other in mm-hmm. because we want to make something that's really important to us even better. Yeah. And be, to be deliberate about that maintenance. And often it can be a marriage. We have a sort of a marriage tune-up package at our office mm. um, that we offer that allows people to fill out an inventory that gives us a lot of good information that allows us to celebrate the strengths and to sort of put up some red flags about things that they might want to be aware of. But often that's not necessary, but it is about developing a deliberate practice mm-hmm. of maintenance for your relationship. Yeah. Now, I'm saying this. Carolyn is not saying this, so I'm saying this, all right? So when you send the text message or the email or you phone in, you say, how, what are you talking about? I think in a lot of cases, more cases uh, than the other way, it's the guy who goes, no, I don't want to go and and get counsels, couples counseling or therapy. I think, guys, there's this pride. I think it's changing, but I think more often than not, it's the guy as opposed to the woman who says, no, I'm not interested in counseling when that pops up in conversation. Am I wrong on that or... I would say that historically, we sometimes talk about the dragger and the draggy. Yeah. And often... Um, Percentage-wise, more females are the draggers yep. and the males are the draggies, right. although that's shifting. But I think what we have done without it, I don't think it's fair to men that we, as a culture, we have often set them up to say, we actually don't want to see you weak. We don't want to see you struggling. Right. We don't want you to acknowledge where something isn't working for yeah, you. because I agree. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from the way we were brought up. Absolutely. Yeah. Where to sort of let people, to show people your tender parts and to acknowledge that you're struggling or to acknowledge that you were anything less than perfect and mm-hmm. very strong all the time, yeah. that that is, was seen as weakness. And I think what we're starting 
starting to see is that we recognize that when men are vulnerable and able to talk about their feelings, that that is a sign of strength and courage. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing more men being willing to come in. um, And we're seeing a lot of men now bring their wives in to say, this is something that we want to work on together. um, And that we recognize that it's not easy for men to come in because of the culture that they're raised in. And I think it's part of our everybody's responsibility to say we need to make – I love the line. Um, I read it on online. Uh, There's a fellow named John Piper that says, um, I love a strong man who weeps, right? That there is something beautiful about seeing a man being touched and being finding his relationship important and saying I'm willing to be exposed to talk about some of the most tender parts of my life with my yeah. wife because I value this so much I want to make it better. Mm. That is nothing but strength right. and nothing but something to be admired, but it is vulnerable to go in and to start talking about mm. that stuff. Yeah. Talking about couples, couples counseling, couples therapy. Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling. It's 245, quarter to three. Hal Anderson on CJOB. Carolyn Klassen is here from Connexus Counseling. She's here every Thursday, 2.49, almost uh, 10 to 3 here at uh, CJOB. We are uh, talking about couples and uh, couples counseling and all that kind of stuff. By the way, uh, we can't forget to talk about your TEDx talk, which is coming up quickly, Carolyn. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. Carolyn is involved uh, in a a TEDx talk here in Winnipeg. But uh, back to couples for a second and, and couples counseling. I, I said this off air and you said, well, let's talk about that. And I'm fine to talk about it. I've been in relationships in the past where I have been that stubborn guy to go, no, I don't need any help. We'll figure it out. Right. But now in a heartbeat, if Jackie said to me, we need to go and get some help in a heartbeat, I would, because that's how important I might not even think that we need help. But if she thinks we need help, we need help. It's important that I show her that I I believe that her feelings are, are that important. Of course they are. So what created that shift in you? I don't know. I don't know if it's because I got older or maybe this relationship means, I, I mean, it's kind of funny because I'm sort of, I, in a way, at the time it was devastating when that relationship ended, but I'm kind of glad it ended now because now I'm with Jackie and I know that for me, that's that's who I'm meant to be with, right? Okay. I don't know, age maybe or... I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I think just over the years, after you go through a couple of failed serious relationships, you just kind of go, well, that ain't working, so that can't happen again. Well, and I think as you and I were talking, what I got the sense is, is that it's never easy for somebody to say you're you're not doing it right or we could yeah. be doing this better. As much as that hurts, mm. it hurts less than to hear that this relationship isn't working and that the person needs to leave. For sure. And so as as hard it is to open yourself up to going mm-hmm. to somebody and hearing about some problems that you'd rather not hear about, yeah. you recognize it's even harder not to work on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my husband and I, we actually have a deal with each other um, that before we got married, we sort of looked at each other in the eye and we agreed that if either one of us said that we think we should go to a marriage therapist, the other one has to agree, mm. no questions asked. Yeah. Because the idea is that really you only need to see, uh, one of the re- real reasons you need to see marriage therapists is if you can't see eye to eye on something. And mm. often you can't even see eye to eye that you can't see eye to eye, right? right? Yeah. And it's so, almost like insurance on the relationship, right? Absolutely. You know, if yeah. there's a fire, you, you know, in your relationship, the other person, whether they want to or not, is just going to go along and, and try and get help. Right. And, you know, the idea is, is that as difficult as it might be to talk about whatever it is we need to talk about, mm. you're important enough that I'm willing to do that. And I'm important enough that mm. I want us to have a good relationship. Because as I tell couples all the time, if it's not working for both of you, 
you. It's actually not working for either of you. Yeah. We were talking about this yesterday, uh, new research out saying that the if you get through the first 20 years, the rest is bliss. <laughs> nice to know you got to go through 20 years before it's easy, uh, easy sailing after that. But is there something to that, that as you, after 20 years, maybe you've got things kind of figured out if you can survive to a certain point? Or what, what, was, what did you think when you saw that? Well, and I look, took a little look into what was behind that headline, mm. and there is more to it. Um, Paul Amato at the Pennsylvania State University looked into this, and what he said was what they looked at with couples throughout the course of their marriages, they, and they, at this time, instead of piling everybody, all marriages, into one pile to say, are marriages quality going up or down, he's, he, they divided the marriages that we're going to go towards divorce in one pile and marriages that we're going to succeed in another pile. And so when you look at the marriages that are going to be successful, mm. they notice that in the first year or two, there's some rough spots because people are kind of working out the kinks and you have to figure out how you're going to make this thing work for the rest of your life in the right. first year or two. That can be kind of rough. Yeah. Then there can be a little bit of a dip, you know, kind of around year 10 and year 15 when you've got, when you're busy with kids, you're busy with developing career energy is going out into so many places. It's really hard to invest in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And then at about 20 years, which is around when the kids are getting older and you're establishing your career, if you make it that far, your quality of your relationship is probably even better than it was when you got married. Mm. And it's only going to be as good or get better because you've figured it out and you know how to make it work and you're there yeah. for each other and you're solid and you're richer people because of it, and you you know who you are. You know who you are as a couple and as an individual, and so you can make this thing sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolyn is part of a TEDx talk, which is coming up in Winnipeg, June 13th. You can get tickets by going to tedxwinnipeg.ca, tedxwinnipeg.ca. Bunch of speakers. What are you mm-hmm. going to speak on? Well, people who've listened to me before, they know that my tagline just about everywhere I go yeah. is that we are wired for connection, and mm-hmm. so... TEDx, you're supposed to give the talk of your life on an idea that you think is worth spreading. And so that is definitely is I believe that we are wired for relationships, that Mm -hmm. we do better in connection and that what we have to do is figure out how to be meaningfully related to people all the time. Mm. Because when we know the United Way came up with some research recently that said that 37 percent of Winnipeggers were often or always lonely within even within just this last week. Right. Mm. So over a third of people in Winnipeg feel themselves often lonely. And so if you look around, you're not the only one. And yeah. yet we're all kind of scared to reach out. And when we do, we make each other's lives better. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's super health benefits when people are connected meaningfully. And we know that when you're connected meaningfully sort of on regular days, that when you hit a rough patch, then you're there for each other and you have yeah. people in place to support you. And don't you think that, you know, all the screens we've got, whether it's a phablet or a phone or Facebook or or Twitter, while there are, you know, great aspects of it, it, it does sort of cause us to have less interaction and, and connect with people, right? I mean, we are, but we're not. It often replaces real connection, yeah. right? And so your roots are going out and you're you're sort of touching little people, but you're not you're not connecting with people in the mm-hmm. same way. So you're touching other people a little bit, but you're not connecting with them meaningfully in the way that face-to-face encounters. Yeah. And the research is really compelling that social media does not good things for our deep relationships. Mm-hmm. So Carolyn Klassen, her TEDx talk is coming up June 13th. If you want to go get your tickets at tedxwinnipeg.ca, tedxwinnipeg.ca. Carolyn, thank you very much. Oh, I should mention, uh, that uh, after I hand off the weekend morning show this weekend to Clay Young, I'm going to take a couple of weeks and I'm going to sleep. I'm going to do nothing but sleep. 
And so Kathy Kennedy will be in the chair here. So you will be dealing with Kathy Kennedy next Thursday and the Thursday after that, Carolyn. Okay? I look forward to chatting with her. All Have right. a great break. Happy Thank birthday. You. Carolyn Klassen. We'll be right back after the news at 3. Absolutely. Thank you very much, TFJ. Brad just texted me, 204-780-6868. Hal, Bridges Golf Course is open today. Yay. By the way, Winnipeg Blue Bombers three-day mini camp finished up earlier today with the fifth and final practice for players to impress head coach Mike O'Shea and his staff. And our Kelly Moore, CGOB Sports Director Kelly Moore, was able to take in a couple of those sessions and spoke to several players who are expected to earn an invite to next month's rookie camp. Here's Kelly. Of the 46 players who competed in the camp, 15 were with the team last season. If all of them were to survive the evaluation process now underway, that would leave about a dozen to 15 spots open for the remaining 31 players who spent the past three days trying to do enough and then some to avoid being on the bubble. And Coach O'Shea made it sound like his mind was far from made up on who might be coming back here in 29 days. We have the right group of guys here that obviously have talent and, and, a, and a high compete level and, and they brought energy. And I thought that, you know, sure, you're, if you run five practices in two and a half days, they're gonna, there's going to be a practice that maybe doesn't have as much energy. But um, this one had good energy for 8.30 in the morning on a cooler morning on the, the fifth practice in two and a half days, like I said, I thought it was good. They they really competed, and you don't want to, after practice four, you don't want to have that meeting and make your decisions because practice five, I saw a few more things out here that that uh, I found really interesting that we're going to go back and talk about now. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a good way to end. One of the positions that would appear to be wide open come the start of May Camp, May 20th, the number three quarterback spot behind Matt Nichols and Darian Durant. Alex Ross saw some limited action with the BC Lions last season and feels confident he'll at least remain in the conversation. I feel like I did pretty well. There's some things I can obviously do better, but that's all a part of growth and uh, understanding of the offense, and that comes with uh, you know putting in time in the film room. I feel like I'm starting to get a hang of the plays and what coach wants uh, based on what he's calling, so it feels good to be out here. Former University of Minnesota Golden Gopher and East Carolina Pirate Philip Nelson spent a short time with the Bombers near the end of last season and appreciates the opportunity to continue that learning curve with offensive coordinator Paul LaPolice, quarterbacks coach Buck Pierce, and starter Matt Nichols. You know, Matt knows this offense just as well as they do, so learning from the best, and it's really helped out our, our, the transition into the Canadian Football League for me. Matt spoke the other day, actually, about you know getting to know the new guys in the quarterback room a little bit better and using this camp uh, as a result of that. Uh, there's some things you've already picked up in just a couple of days from Matt that maybe uh, you didn't know coming into this. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's uh, you know you can learn the plays all you want in the off season and sit there and, and look them over and know exactly what's going to happen. But um, when it comes to the small small details that you know techniques that Matt uses, um, you know he's he's been helping us out with that and uh, and I've actually used a couple of those techniques today out here on the field and and it's it's a night and day difference so just it having worked. oh yeah absolutely yeah so um you know it's uh it's extremely beneficial to have matt around and, and and be you know the teacher that he is another hotly contested battle is expected to take place at middle linebacker after highly sought after free agent enoch mwamba signed with montreal GM Kyle Walters has mentioned the names of veteran Ian Wild and impressive second-year man Jovan Santos-Knox, but clearly 
the coaching staff is looking for several newcomers to rise to the occasion. Former Denver Bronco Quentin Gauze is a player the Blue Bombers have had on their radar. One of the scouts saw me at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, which was uh, in January of 2015. And um, they saw me compete on the field in the practices, and they loved my energy and um, how, I'm hi how hyper I am, because I, I can be hyper uh, once you get the pads on. Um, but uh, yeah, they saw me and they liked what I did. And once I, you know, I was on different teams in the NFL, bouncing around. And you know, once I got cut from the Broncos my, in last year, I ended up uh, going to. I ended up, just, you know, at home and prepping and training still. And I got a call from. The, you know, one of the scouts and stuff, and they ended up, you know, they said, hey, you know, we got a spot open and just come and compete. And because this mini camp focused pretty much on passing drills, there were some receivers who stood out, like six foot four, 215 pound Corey Washington, who has bounced around in tryout camps or on the practice squads of eight different NFL teams in the past four years since playing junior college ball near his home of North Charleston, South Carolina. I was real close about with the NFL, it's all politics over there. I went to oh. Newberry, yeah, I went to Newberry College Division Two and being in Division Two they, they expect so little out of you then. I'm not like an LSU guy. So the journalist in me wants to know because athletically you are a specimen. There's no doubt about that. So why Div Two, and you know what was it that uh, that prevented you from maybe having a higher profile and getting a better chance that way? Um, coming out of high school, I didn't qualify. Yeah. So I went to junior college, and um, I had an opportunity to go to Arkansas, but my credit I was went and transferred, so I had to go to Division Two, and that's how I ended up in Division Two. I didn't get a combine invite. I went to um, the Collegiate Bowl and tried to help my draft stock, but went undrafted, and I'm here today. And if Corey Washington and some of the other people you've heard from have their way, they'll all still be here tomorrow as well. That is our Kelly Moore. Thank you, Kelly, for putting that together. I Listen, I hope that we are cheering on our Winnipeg Jets for a long time, right to the cup, right to winning the cup. I really hope that happens. But I am getting excited about football season. I cannot wait. I'm so looking forward to being in the screen room up at the lake and listening to Bob and Doug doing the bomber broadcast and cheering on the big blue. Can't wait. Fantastic. Thank you again, Kelly. 3.13. Let's take a break. We'll check traffic and the forecast on the way. It's Hal on CJOB. All right, 318. couple things here. Uh, getting lots of text messages today. Uh, a lot of birthday wishes. Thank you. Sandy says, Al, happy birthday. By the way, do you know if there's a Whiteout Way street party by Bell MTS Place on Friday? Tickets went on sale uh, at 1. Uh, if you want to go inside, 10 bucks just to sit inside the rink there and watch the game. And to answer your question, Sandy... Yes, there will be a Whiteout Street Party along Whiteout Way. Here's Kevin Donnelly from McLean and McGarry this morning here on CJOB. Yeah, 8.30 start. It is what it is. You know, we're in the... Oh, by the way, he's talking here about uh, an 8.30 start on that game tomorrow night. Yeah, 8.30 start. It is what it is. You know, we're in the Central Division, so we're stuck with, you know, between the two uh, major viewing markets. So it broadcast drives these things. But uh, the street party will start a couple hours before, just like normal. And we're looking forward to huge crowds. So there you go. They want a big crowd out there. And uh, our Brittany Greenslade, Global News reporter Brittany Greenslade, 
was heading out this morning, and before hopping on a plane, she was talking to Mackling and McGarry about her trip down to Nashville to cover the Jets in Nashville taking on the Predators. Here's Brittany Greenslade. I've already been checking in with some some fans that are heading down. I know a group that's left at 6.30 this morning to make their way down there, even though they don't know whether or not they'll be able to get tickets, because as we know, uh, the Predators are, are famous for having blocked other areas for buying tickets, so they've done that here as well. You have to live in the immediate area or have a credit card in the immediate area. So people trying to find them through scalpers and other ways and and secondary verified fan sites as well to buy them. But our fan size is fairly close when you think about it. Uh, Bridgestone holds just over 17,000 and we're just over 15,000 here. So I think our fans can can get louder. Um, But the smack talk has already started online. My goodness. Brittany Greenslade, you will be hearing her here on Global News Radio. She will also be on Global News Television covering the Jets uh, and the party that will be happening down in Nashville uh, tomorrow night for Game 1 and uh, Sunday as well for Game 2. i got to play for you some audio. You may have seen the video. This is audio from a video. Last I checked, this video has been viewed 2.6 million times on Facebook since it was posted on Friday. So in less than a week... 2.6 million views, and that is rising quickly. It's only eight seconds of footage, and it's a guy by the name of Forrest Hunter. He is a viral sensation. You know, I talk all the time about how customer service is just disappearing. I just, you know, it just doesn't seem to exist. When I run across good customer service, I make a point of saying, wow, great job, because I really think it's uh, something that's lacking out there. This guy, Forrest Hunter, lives in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and he was at a Walmart, and he's so tired of waiting for help in the sporting goods department that he picks up the phone, you know, on the desk that the staff, and he goes on the intercom in Walmart, and he lets them know that he needs help. I'll play the audio for you, and then I'll tell you what he says because it's a little hard to understand. But he gets on the, the phone on the PA in the Walmart. He's in sporting goods, and here's what he says. Customer needs assistance in sporting goods, please. I'm, I'm the customer. <laughs> customer needs assistance in sporting goods, please. I'm the customer. <laughs> 2.6 million people have checked out this eight seconds of video. I love it. He says that he didn't want to get anybody in trouble, or he didn't want to get in trouble. He says a guy walks up to him after he put that message out there, and the guy says, "Uh, you need help? And he goes, yeah, how did you know? So there you go. Um, And now he's a bit of an Internet star because he went on the intercom at the Walmart in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and said, "Um, yeah, customer needs assistance in sporting goods, please. I'm the customer. I love it. I love it. Good for you, Forrest Hunter. Fantastic. Uh, Okay, let's uh, take a break. And uh, we're going to check the forecast. Sports coming up here. Global news at 3.30. Only a half hour left in this weird day. This strange, weird, messed up day. If you're just tuning in, it's just been one of those days. It has been one of those days. All right, hang on. Weather, sports, news next.